Welcome to the Weekend Booktopian. I'm Mark Harding, Content and Brand Manager for Booktopia, and this is a podcast about the books we're reading. Joining me today are Merchandising Coordinator, Cass Sharp. Hello, Cass. Hi, Mark. Uh, Executive Assistant to the, Z- to the CEO, Zia Kiruz. Hi, Zia. Hello. And Social Media Specialist, Nicholas Deliev. Hi, Nick. Hello, hello. First, we'll discuss a little bit of book news, then we'll delve into the book that everybody is reading, and be sure to stick around until the end of the show when my guests will go head-to-head in a battle for book quiz supremacy that we like to call book fight, and that I just want to point out again, I wasn't hosting last week, I was a participant, and I won. <laughs> oh my god, he, he has not lived this down. He will not stop. You've got a taste of, of winning, didn't you, Mark? It feels good. I know. I did, and the reason that I'm so happy about it is because Liv ran the quiz, and because Liv was upset with me for making her lose, she rigged all the questions against me, and I still won. <laughs> Oh, even double, double also, glory. I will, I will also like to mention as well, I'm the only person out of all of the people who has had points reject, uh, points taken off, both by Mark and by Liv, so I'm kind of a little bit livid <laughs> at both of you. Yeah. Um, and I could have won if Liv didn't take points off for me getting a really obvious question wrong, which we won't well, go into now because I'm still embarrassed about it. All I can <laughs> say is good luck with today's quiz, Nick. <laughs> obscurebooknews.com all right book news uh the first piece of book news that i thought we could discuss is that um uh, the game of thrones showrunners have officially announced their next project and it is an adaptation for netflix of the three body problem by lu xixin uh, which is a Chinese science fiction novel, which I'm, I'm holding up right now, um, uh, about humanity's first contact with uh, an alien race. And it goes from the 1960s right through into the future um, and is this big, sprawling epic that Barack Obama called very interesting. Uh, so has anybody read The Three-Body Problem? And is anybody excited about a new project from the Game of Thrones guys? Haven't read it. Um, I, I am into th- these kind of sci-fi, um, you know, um, alien zombies kind of um, stories, but I wasn't really, I don't know about it, but when I hear, I just find, I'm interested to know if the translation from Chinese to English actually, re- you know, if it's such an epic in Chinese, if that's actually translated through in English, I don't know. But um, if it's, any, are the books finished? So they're yeah. not given the option of finishing the story? No, it's a trilogy of books. They're adapting all three, but it's the series is done. Well, then, look, they did a good job when the story was already told. They just stuffed up season eight, and I still won't get over it. Um, so, sure, a little bit interested. Okay, good. I'm really interested. I mean, I haven't read the, the- I really like, um, you know, th- there have been some adapt. I kind of like the idea of... Um, are starting to adapt books from a non-Western setting. Um, and this, because frankly, the storytelling in a lot of Japanese stories and other country stories are actually really creative and really fun. Um, and as long as they do it justice um, in terms of actually being faithful to the story and by the looks of things, they've also got a really great creative team as well. I think Ryan Johnson's involved mm. in this as well. And I think his producing partner is 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 it um, Rand Bergman's in there as well, and then also uh, a bloke called Alexander Wu, who many fans of True Blood would know, uh, is a writer, is uh, helping joining as a writer and an executive producer, and of course the actual author himself, 
which is, is what I would there. like. Yes, the, if the authors, yes. you know, that they would have an influence on staying true to the to the story, especially the original story, yes. and not Americanize it, if that makes sense, because you do have the the original setting, like you said. I think that'd be really cool. Exactly, and of course, like kind of, obviously, we are basing this a lot off, you know, the the Game of Thrones experience of the past. And you could tell that when George R. R. Martin was involved and even contributing as part of the writing process, that was when the series was at its best. So I'm quietly optimistic that uh, that it'll be just as good. And it also will give me a poke to check out the books as well because it seems like such a fun, awesome concept. Have you guys read it? Has anyone read read the trilogy? So it's one of no. one of those books that has been on my shelf for a very long time that I that I've never actually picked up. But um, I'm I'm excited. I'm gonna I'm gonna prioritize it now um, and and give it a give it a go. And I I know you you mentioned that question before Zia on the translation and how it kind of is translated into English. And the translated edition did win the 2015 Hugo Award for best novel. So um, it's been received okay. very well. And I think it sold something like eight million copies worldwide. So it's it's been been a few people have bought it. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Maybe uh, the one we all read together or something and do a podcast about. That's a good it sounds idea. really cool. Yeah, we should we should do that when when the when the show comes out. We should all do a, a, a book club podcast on it. Yeah, totally. Count me in. I'm interested. Okay, so next piece of news. Speaking of Netflix, the trailer uh, was released this week for The Haunting of Bly Manor, which is the follow up to The Haunting of Hill House from the same creators, but this time it's based on the novel or novella The Turn of the Screw by Henry James. Has anybody read Turn of the Screw? I have. No. I have a feeling that you're going to be you're you are excited for this one, Mark. You are over the moon for this one. I can just I can feel the excitement just emanating from the screen right now. Well, Turn of the Screw is one of the classic uh, ghost stories. Um, it's a uh, it's it's a it's a short it's a short book. Um, it was written in the late 1800s, um, and it's about a governess who goes to a, a country estate to look after the the children who live there, and then um, things aren't necessarily what they seem. And um, in the book, it's very much kind of plays in that area of is is there something supernatural going on, or is she just crazy? Um, it's one of those kind of stories. Um, but it's it's really good. I urge you all to to give it a read because as I mentioned before, it's like nine. 90 pages or something. It's, it's it's pretty short. So I don't know how they're stringing this out into, into 10 episodes. But obviously they're um it, they've changed the setting so that's in America now and it's there's obviously a lot more in there. But um I've I've been I've been eager to see an adapt a good adaptation of this for a while. So I'm excited. Did anybody watch Haunting of Hill House? Can I be honest, Mark? Yeah. <laughs> I'm 37 years old and I cannot watch horror, sci-fi, paranormal stuff. I will not sleep with my feet outside the blanket. I live alone with my young kids. I'll probably sacrifice them and run out the door. It's, last night I watched the trailer and as I was watching and that low song came out in the trailer, my son woke up and ran into my room. He's like, what's that song? It's creepy. And I shut myself. No, thank you. <laughs> I am it, uh, mm -mm, not my thing. I'm actually scared. Makes me paranoid. So, I, no. I guess yeah, I get scared as well, but I, I still enjoy watching it. But like, uh, can I can I just go on a slight tangent and tell you guys the story of how my oldest daughter learned the F word? Oh uh, wow! Okay, <laughs> so one night I had watched something really frightening. I can't actually remember what it was, but I had gone to bed and I was obviously like a bit freaked out. My partner was traveling at the time; so it was just me and the kids in the house. 
And I woke up in the middle of the night and there was a figure like leaning over me, <laughs> like in the bed. And my, like my fight or flight response kicked in and I'm a fighter, turns out. <laughs> and I told, I told the ghostly figure to um, get the <laughs> away from me. And it turns out it was my daughter. <laughs> We're coming for some comfort. Bless. She never came into your room again. <laughs> Sounds like, she, sounds like she loved this new show, Mark. It sounds great. Yeah, so everybody should watch these shows. Oh, my goodness. Oh. Cass, yeah. are you into horrors and, and paran paranormal stories and all of that? Mm, not really. I think I haven't really watched them, but it's because my brain can kind of come up with something worse than whatever is going to be in there. So, like, the anticipation anxiety, like, just stops me from seeing horror movies. Um, I, can, I, can, I, can, I can feel with that, yeah. Yeah, so it's not for me, but, I mean, it's great for whoever it is for. <laughs> you know I mean? It's a big industry, I'm sure. Hmm. All right, last bit of book news before we get into what we're reading. Uh, very big book got announced this week. Um, viral sensation and uh, uh, recipe video lockdown star of the year, uh, yes. that's what I reckon, has announced a book which is going to be coming out um, towards uh, Christmas time called Uncook Yourself, A Rat Bag's Rules for Life. Is there anybody here who doesn't absolutely love Nat? <laughs> Put your hand Love, champions. Love, love so I love the trailer, fun. like just the chaotic energy of it, and like the quick cuts, and he's in a dressing gown. Like, he's just, awesome. I think it's going to be great. Like, I can't wait to catch up on your stuff and see what his actual books are like because it seems really fun. Yeah, yeah. Isn't this? Like, feels like there's nothing he can't do. Oh, like. And though, isn't he? He's, he's a comedian, he's a musician, he's cooking yeah. like crazy, and now, like, you know, he's done mental health, uh, he's a mental health ambassador too, and now just like out of nowhere, hey, I'm just going to drop a book like this. How fun. I love it. <laughs> I love that he's so left field and honest, and he, I think, you know, being a North American, like, look, I was born in Australia, grew up in North America, Canada, the better part of it, and came <laughs> back to Australia. I always find that, you know, Americanism and the American culture is always so, it's so prevalent in everything we see and we do in, in, in you know, pop culture and all of that. So when you see like a true blue Aussie bogan just, you know, with our sense of humour and something that resonates with us, I just, it gives me a bit of heart feels and I love it. And, you know, you have a bit of a giggle knowing that, no one else in the world is probably going to get this humour. And we're looking at this guy, this guy's a champion, you know. I don't know. I, I, I find him quite funny, although he is very crass and uh, probably un-PC. He's, he's very un-PC but PC at the same time. He does it really well. Like he, you, I'm not offended with how he comes across, but he's quite offensive, if that makes sense. He embraces the, he embraces the kind of the, the mirth of just the fact that we're all different and uses that as a sense of humour, like as, as a style of humour. It's kind of like a mentality of I'm shit, you're shit, we're all shit, um, and, let's shit enjoy, and, let, and let's enjoy being all shit together, which I actually think is is a really positive way of looking at the world. Yeah, and not condescending more of an, comedy. I like no, it. No, it's not condescending. It's like done with, with mirth and warmth that no one ever really takes it seriously generally. Like, and it just plays it. into that, that classic idea that swearing is funny. <laughs> It is. It's really funny and makes you feel so much better. Defecation throws really recipes. <laughs> yeah. 
I haven't yet, but I've just seen the cover reveal. And I love that his profile picture on Instagram is like his high school photo. Yeah. With (laughs) the pimples, with the acne. It's awesome. It's so hot. (laughs) Love it. All right. Shall we get into what we're we're reading? Uh, Cass, what are you reading at the moment? Um, So I'm reading two books. Um, I'm still reading one that I mentioned on our YA podcast, which is The Fandom. So... This is, um, for a quick recap, it's about these kids who are really into a fandom called The Gallows Dance, which is like a dystopian fantasy, and they go to Comic-Con to meet the celebrities who play the characters in the movie adaptation, and the scaffolding falls in, and they wake up, and they're in the world of The Gallows Dance. And at first they think it's a cosplay event, and it's just on a huge scale, but then one of the main characters dies, and they get swept up in like the canon of the book and like trying to follow the things, but not really. Um, so I'm like 40% into this. It's really good. And I'm also reading oh. The Long Class Goodnight by Sammy J, which was his kid's book. It's so funny. I've just been wanting to reread it for a long time. And it's just, it's about this kid who he gets detention for something he didn't do on his first day of year seven. So because everyone has all these rules they need to follow, um, they can't leave like, he can't leave to go to detention until the bell goes. So he breaks the clock tower and the bell. So everyone's just there over the weekend. <laughs> and it's amazing. It's like a story of malicious compliance. I love it. It's very funny. That's That sounds like a lot of fun. What what um, age level is that one aged at, aimed at? Um, I think our website says, like, nine and up. Like, it's not super difficult to read but it's very funny and like in the first page his dad makes a joke about like you're going to be chased around because you're a loser kid <laughs> like people are going to pick on you like bullies and bosses and real estate agents <laughs> like <laughs> just got this sense of humor that adults can relate to as well as kids and i really enjoy that great thank you for that Cass. um nick what are you reading i uh i have brought two books uh, along with me uh this week and the first one is a book that I've been wanting to read for a really long time, and it's by the wonderful Malala Yousafzai, which is We Are Displaced, which um, is a book that I've really wanted to get into for a long time. And it's essentially a story of her journey and stories from of refugee girls uh, from around the world. It's essentially a collection of kind of short stories and collections of stories from girls there's you know she t- uh, Malala talks a lot about how you know there's over 60 or 70 million people that are currently you know displaced in person um often by things like externally and uh, it tells the story of just from different different girls from different perspectives all around the world and the different experiences they have within the context of displacement and kind of from that uh it present what I and often you know that's kind of subject matter would sound very like wow that's it's a it's it's more of a reminder of all of the crap that we're dealing with these days but what's really great about it from you know reading it is that um you know malala frames it in a way um that you basically feel like hey that this that these are these problems are fixable problems and that the actual people who are displaced are very uh they are you know talking about that they still have aspirations of being able to get out of this situation and resolve the situation and fix this situation. And which is a really kind of optimistic way of looking at things. Um, a particular highlight story that I really love is the story of Zay. I hope I'm pronouncing this correctly. Zaynab. And she's uh, living in the U S and she tells the story of her, um, of her sister. Like they're originally from Yemen and her sister, uh, it travels to Italy and meets another uh, and falls in love, which is a really cute 
story. And it's also kind of heartwarming in the fact that it actually happens in real life, um, which is really good. So highly recommended, um, really great, empowering book um, about someone who's improving um, who's improving our lives. I mean, I was lucky enough to actually uh, see Malala in person. She came to Sydney for one show with uh, where she where Annabelle where she was with Annabelle Crab and hosted her on stage. And I was lucky enough to go along with my partner, and she was just so uh, eloquent and fantastic and and wonderful to listen to, and so optimistic, which is something really that you know is so lovely to hear about and so refreshing in today's world. Um, that someone who has come from such a difficult background and is still optimistic about it, um, about making positive change, which was great. Um, and the other one, which I've brought along with me, is it's a bit of a, a weird one. So I recently went into the Booktopia offices and this, <laughs> the last couple of weeks, and this book, I haven't actually read quote unquote the book, but it's been sitting, there's these small little versions that have been sitting around the office and I brought one home with me. And I, from what I have read of it, of the 30 pages that you have available, um, it's it's something I want to pick up. It's called 10 Things About Writing, um, which our very own office is actually putting out, Booktopia Editions is putting out, and I've actually been genuinely reading it and really liking it, and I actually want to buy the full version when it comes out. Um, and it's basically, it's by Joanne Harris, and it's basically, I'm a sucker for any books that, you know, give you pointers about wanting to improve your writing and improve your style and everything. And she goes into things around, you know, um, the actual process of starting your workspace, how to actually cl like clear your mind and actually do have a work process around it. Um, and we actually have a, a, a podcast coming up with Christopher Paolini where, we, where he actually talks about his own work process as well, getting into the headspace to write. Um, investing the time to write, how to actually like, get, do ideas and planning and all sorts. And also, you know, how to, even even the idea of putting yourself in, like, because often you'll, you'll set yourself rules and you'll put yourself in a box around how you should write. And that's really, that's not a very creative play, way to do it. Um, so even though I've only got a very tiny, like, taste of version of the book right here in front of me, I um, am really excited to get the full version and uh, read that entirely. So, yeah, highly recommended. Joanne Harris, 10 Things About Writing. Excellent. Um, what about you, Zia? I'm writing notes so I don't forget. Um, it's Friday. <laughs> well, um, there are so two books that I'm reading, but also wanted to mention a book that my kids saw me scrolling through Instagram yesterday, saw the Booktopia, uh, one of the Booktopia posts about Pig the Blob. And they're like, another big book. <laughs> we want it. So they're huge fans of Aaron Blaby and, and we love the pig. So I can't wait to see that lazy little bugger what he's doing. Um, so that's uh, getting going in my cart this afternoon. I, I don't know if it's, a, 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 I should know, but is it on pre-order or is it actually available now? Nick, you put the post like up. It's still yeah. It's pre-order. I think it's in pre-orders right yeah. now. Yay. Awesome. And, yeah, and there are that. still signed copies available, I recall. Yes. There I think I missed out on the last time. So, yes, I'm actually writing that as a task to do today. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the, the I am reading a book that's sat on my shelf for a very long time, um, The Handmaid's Tale by Margaret Atwood. I'm a sucker for a dystopian story, and uh, I only just halfway through the book realised it's a tragedy and I was like, oh, no, no happy endings here. I'm not assuming happy endings. So I'm halfway through. It's 
it's quite sad, but it's so descriptive of such a, a world that is so like a, um, a a world that is so stifling. But it, there's still a lot of gaps missing in the story. I've noticed Margaret Atwood doesn't really tell you why, where, like the where they are and why they're like this and the outside world. Like it reminds me a little bit of 1984 where, you know, the enemy is like this mysterious, you don't know who they are, you know, and it's always changing who the um, the the enemies are, Eurasia, East Asia or whatever, who it is every day, it's a new enemy. And um, and this stifling community that literally I actually get claustrophobic just reading it, so awesome. And um, the story of this, um, this woman whose job is to breed, and it's her telling of her experience in this um, in this society, and it's bizarre and but it's so well written. And mm. I'm I always like to read the book before I watch the show. And everyone, mm. you know, the, the show is quite acclaimed. And um, I know there's another book as well that Ben really recommended by Margaret Atwood as well. I think was the the pre. Uh, the testament. Yeah, that was the big book of last year. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I'm setting myself up to read that one. So I'm halfway through The Handmaid's Tale and I'm I'm thoroughly enjoying it. I'll be a bit claustrophobic when I do so, but it's all in good fun. Um, the other one is it actually came across because uh Tony did a podcast with with this author um on his Plugged and Unplanned, and it's uh, uh, ooh, Shanna Kennedy, uh, The Life Plan, which is sort of setting your life up for success. And uh, it incorporates basically what, you know, what you should do, um, tips, uh, ways to strategize your life as well, really keeping mind in, in, into your well-being and, and making sure that you look after yourself and, and your health and all that kind of stuff, which is so relevant today, especially right now. Um, she's a... Um, She's a life coach based in Melbourne and she was one of the first. Um, uh, she's been doing it for about 20 years and she has a, uh, other books as well available. Those are the two things. It's a beautiful book as well. looks really nice. The photography is so just gorgeous and simple in it as well. It just gives you, even visually sets you up for the mindset, which I found really good instead of just grabbing a book and it's just all words and it's beautifully um beautifully done so those are the two things i'm reading at the moment and my kids are about to read pick the blog pick pick the blob that's it that yeah. uh, that that book Zia, it sounds like um i feel like i've done the opposite of like all of that advice in my life <laughs> <laughs> up for success i've embedded myself in failure <laughs> <laughs> I think we all would would, would be would would uh, so would probably relate to that. And then when you see a book and you're like, "This is what I'm going to do." And look, out of the twenty lessons every book gives it, if you take one and try to embed a habit, you know, you should be very proud of yourself. But we all we all muck up. See how I used a proper word this time? I'm learning. <laughs> Excellent. All right. Well, thank you for sharing all your book recommendations, guys. And we're about to get into book fight. But before we do, um, we're doing a um, a new little segment on the podcast because we have um, a sponsor this week. Um, this week's episode of the Weekend Booktopian is brought to you by The Brisbane Line by J.P. Powell, uh, which is an engrossing murder mystery set in World War II Brisbane. Uh, as World War II ravages the world and the Japanese Empire has its sights set on Australia, the Americans have come to save us. But not all soldiers are heroes and not all heroes are soldiers. Sergeant Joe Washington, the US military police officer, loves music and photography, but spends his days delving into the sordid and petty crimes committed by the thousands of American troops passing through town. 
While trying to find stolen gasoline stores, he is sent to investigate the body of an American soldier found dumped in a cemetery. Suddenly, Joe is up against notorious detective Frank Bischoff. Although ordered to leave the investigation alone, Joe fears that Bischoff is protecting the most likely suspect while trying to pin the crime on an innocent and intriguing young woman. A woman who seems to walk between the parallel worlds of black market deals and Brisbane's high society. So the exciting thing about the Brisbane line is that it is actually um, a Booktopia book club book. Which means it is, and I got my copy yesterday. Excellent. And so if you're a member of Booktopia Book Club, that means that you can get it for the members-only price of $14.95 right now at booktopia.com.au. So that is The Brisbane Line by J.P. Powell uh, through Booktopia Book Club. All right. Are we ready for book fight? No. Uh, straight away, that's the wrong answer. So Absolutely not. going to lose the point for that, Zia. <laughs> I am going to lose. Book. Okay, so this is Book Fight, where um, all of my guests go head-to-head in a battle for book trivia, quiz, supremacy. Last week's questions were very hard. We've, this week, I think it's a bit more accessible. Fingers crossed. Are we ready? I'm t- no, not Take the gloves off. I'm going to try and be nice with the scoring this time. I'm not going to, I'm not going to be. I don't trust you. You got, I'm none from two when it comes to nice scoring with you guys. You've been so mean to me. (laughs) Watching out for Cass, smiling assassin right there. No, I was going to say Nick's like personal review when it comes to like one year is just going to be Mark picks on me in the podcast. And it's funny. It, you know, like you guys think it's, you guys think it's like, Oh, he's being mean in the podcast, but I have to go back and edit this. I have to go back and listen to it. So I have to relive it again and again and again and again. And it hurts. It's really <laughs> smelling. He goes, yes. Yeah. yeah. And it starts and it starts to hurt my feelings a little bit. Like I'm not, I'm not bitter or emotional about it, but you get the general idea. No, not at all. Doesn't sound at all like you're bitter. No, at not at all. Not at all. <laughs> Like, I know, like I'm almost tempted to remove this as a segment because it just causes problems. Everyone gets Maybe we'll get some complaints to HR. Oh yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, are we ready? Question one. Wait, Mark, we need buzzers. We need oh, buzzers. Yes. Thank you. Yes, buzzers. So uh, everybody has to choose a word that they're gonna use to buzz in with to to claim the question. So Zia, what what word are you gonna go with? Oh, that's that's a good one. That's very strategic. I like it. Uh, mm. Cass, what about you? Um, post it. All right, and Nick. Um, they've been flying around the construction site that is below me at the moment, so my word will be brick. <laughs> okay, so question one: Which best-selling book did singer Adele recently credit with changing her outlook on? Post it. Cast. Um, Untamed by Glennon Doyle. Yes, correct. That's a, that's a point for you. Okay, question two. Which novel opens with the line, the first thing you find out when your dog learns to talk is that dogs don't got nothing much to say? Uh, break? Okay, Nick. I don't want to say animals in that country. Is it, No, it's not. No, 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 because no one actually finds out about that later. No, so it's no, it's not animals in that country. It's um, yeah, I don't nothing. I don't know. Anybody else want to have a guess? It's not the animals in that country. I'm thinking of this book I read like years ago in high school about this kid that dies and goes to hell, but his dog can talk. 
and I can't remember what it's called. It's probably not that because that seems like a very obscure, maybe fever dreamed by me book. Um, I want to find it now though. Uh, <laughs> is that something they start talking about poo afterwards or something like that? The following lines in that book. I don't know. <laughs> Mark, no. okay. I just I just read the first line when I was doing my research. Is it, anyway. It's not like the lobster or anything, is it? Like no. not the knife of never letting go by patrick ness is that the one that is right did you just admit to googling it i did so oh, i should get really oh, no nobody knew it so we have to tell the audience i would tell the audience when nobody gets it because i have to oh sorry mark i was helping collaborating <laughs> I'm tempted to take a point off for the Googling. No. But, yeah, it's cheating. But it's I'm, cheating. Trying to be mean. I'm trying to be fair this week. So, so. Two points. No, zero points. Everybody gets zero. Everybody gets zero. Go back to okay. zero again. Next question. I have a feeling nobody's going to get this one, but anyway. anyway. Um, you really have to include pop, pop culture questions when I'm on this. Definitely pop culture. Oh, okay. 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 The Living Dead is a new novel by Daniel Krauss and which legendary, but now deceased, horror master? Oh. Nope, I'm thinking The Walking Dead. Sorry. <laughs> Anybody? I'll, I'll give a clue. He's he's a horror master who's who's known for film as opposed to, to books or was known for his oh. film. Oh, um, uh, uh, or is it, it's based on like Night of the Living Dead, isn't it? No, no, it's not. It's Who's like it was it Hitchcock? No, it's not Hitchcock. Oh, that's what I was thinking. I was thinking Alfred Hitchcock. Uh, I'm thinking of like Chopsky, Tchaikovsky. No, it, it, um, I, I don't want to say. Is it um, okay? Is it the is it the director of Night of the Living Dead? Um, a uh, brick, which is yes. George a., George A. Romero. Nick, you got it right. What? Oh, yes. <laughs> Actually, look at the smile on his face. I just want to lose to get that smile on his face. Look at that. <laughs> I just really the main thing when I see the smile is to wipe it off. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you are evil. That's why you like. Yeah. You evil people. I was, okay. Yeah. okay. Uh, next question. Sweet. Which uh, which book series am I? I am a four book. Young adult series published between 2001 and 2006. I am speculative fiction set thousands of years in the future on a post-apocalyptic earth. My protagonist is a redhead teenage girl. My characters get around on airships and travel between independent city-states that are in motion. And in 2018, a are the model engines. Model engines, yeah, <sighs> very good. It was that bit about the cities moving? Yeah, at yeah. The, yeah. At the moment, I was because well. I've seen the trailer. I was about to say, <laughs> I forgot what my word was. Yeah, yeah. The last, the last clue was the uh, 2018 big budget adaptation of my first book was a critical and commercial failure. Oh, uh, that's nice. <laughs> <laughs> was it really? <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. It was. It was. It, it I, tanked, did it? It tanked, and I think it actually posted some kind of like it set a record for the amount of money lost because it had such a big budget, and then nobody went to see it. With the wheels and the the earth things, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Has anyone watched it? No. That, 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 that was the problem with the movie. <laughs> <laughs> nobody watched it. There we go. Okay. Uh, which of the following book titles is not a book about Donald Trump? 
Okay, so which of the following is not about Donald Trump? Too much and never enough, fear, the room where it happened, rage, unhinged, fire and fury, decision points, or a warning? Brick. Oh, I got a brick there. What was that, Nick? The room where it happened? I don't recall that, so there's a sort of book. That is the incorrect answer. The room where it happened is John Bolton's recent uh, book about his time um, uh, working for Trump. Okay. Oh, um, post uh, Rage. Rage is a book, um, an upcoming book by Bob Woodward about uh, the second half of Trump's first term. Sorry, Cass, did you have a, a guess there as well? Um, I said fear. That's fear also, was Bob Woodward's book about the first half of Trump. <laughs> <laughs> There's so many. So, um, there are a lot of Trump books, and the correct uh, answer is Decision Points. Decision Points <laughs> uh, is the name of George W. Bush's memoir. Who? George who? George W. Bush, his memoir, Decision Points. Really? That's what he named it? Oh. Yeah, it was like 200 pages and wasn't very good. But I'm surprised. No surprises there, absolutely not. Mm. Okay, cool. I was quite proud of that question. That's um, a good one. I like that. That is a good one. Use that in the future. Okay, we're getting towards the, the end. We've got two more questions to go. Uh, little little check in on the points. Uh, Cass is in the lead on two. Uh, Zia is not because uh, she is on zero, and Nick is on one. So it could be anybody's game. Mm. Next question: The International Booker Prize was awarded recently to a novel called The Discomfort of What? Brick. A brick. Evening. Yeah. Yeah, very good, Nick. Evening. Reinevold, translated into English by Michelle Hutchinson. Nick, you look like you're sweating over there. You're getting I am, excited. I am, because I could actually win this time. How exciting. <laughs> All right, last question. Um, Aaron Blaby's The Bad Guys has a new installment out on October 1. What episode is it? Yeah. Episode 12 from Cash, correct? Which means that on three points, Cash is the winner. Yay! I told you guys, Silent Assassin. I knew that would be the case. She won last time as well, didn't she? Also, I do work with a lot of these books. Yeah, I know. The moment, the moment that Aaron Bradley came out, I was like, oh, I'm fucking. She's got this. <laughs> so I'm always at a disadvantage because. Look, you guys all actually work really closely with the books. Mm. So I always find like I am at a disadvantage actually because I don't. You I don't actually because you want the first one. Book actually having touching and reading and reviewing. Oh. You guys do the fun stuff. I do the real work. Oh, here we go. Shots Next time you're on the podcast. <laughs> totally joking, guys. No, but I wish I did. <laughs> I wish I actually got to sit to. Anyway, that's a event here. Anyway. Zia, next time you're on the podcast, I'll I'll make sure to include some questions about like a- admin for Booktopia or something. Actually print on the printer. No. <laughs> oh, God, that just made my job sound so menial. Darn it. I do more than that, guys. You do. You are, you are amazing. All right. Well, thank you to all my guests for joining me today. Uh, the Weekend Booktopian is produced by Nick Wasilia, and you can find links to all the books we've discussed today in the episode description, or you can find them on booktopia.com.au. And you can listen to all of our shows for free on SoundCloud and iTunes, including our recent interview with world-renowned chef and food writer, Yotam Otolenghi. 
Until next time, thank you for listening and never stop reading. Thank you for listening to the Booktopia podcast channel. Don't forget, you can subscribe to us on SoundCloud and iTunes for free and get access to hundreds of author discussions, book analysis pieces, and more. Or, if your eyes need a workout, head to Booktopia TV on YouTube. Don't forget, for all books featured in this podcast, and for access to a whole bunch of other fun content on our blog, head to Booktopia, Australia's local bookstore, at booktopia.com.au.